0: Welcome to Blue Collar BS, a podcast that busts the popular myth that we can't find good people, highlighting how the different generations of today, the boomers, Gen X, millennials, and Gen Z are redefining work so that the industrial revolution that started in the U.S. stays in the U.S. Welcome, everybody, to this episode of Blue Collar BS. I want to welcome Brad back to the show. How are we doing, Brad? I am wonderful, Mr. Doyle. How are you today? Doing fantastic. It's a bright, sunny day. Living it up right now. One of the things we want to talk about in this show is industry trends that we're seeing uh, specifically in the trades uh, around construction. And one of those, one of those trends that, we're, that we really want to dive into today is around you know, biggest employment concerns. And the second one is around the biggest concerns we see with subcontractors. So this whole show today, we're going to talk more specifically on the construction industry side.
1: Perfect. And in order to help us out with that today uh, is our guest, our resident expert, uh, Mike Slanikowski from M Design and Build in Mequon, Wisconsin. Uh, Mike, welcome to our show, Blue Collar BS. Thanks for being on today.
2: Thanks for having me. Really appreciate the opportunity.
1: Why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and your business? Uh, How long you've been in the industry? Um, and and really, what it is that you like to do for your clients?
2: Well, my background started out in advertising and marketing. During the early '90s or so, I lost my position due to uh, I think it was called right-sizing. It was kind of in a quandary because there was no employment opportunities at that time. It, w- it was a really kind of tight employment market. So I decided to uh, start doing some home repairs. Keep my kids in the car while they saw me digging fence post holes and so forth, so they could learn how to do the sweat equity, and get the reward. Fast forward a bit, I, I took those skills and everything, which, which are kind of inherited from my grandfather and so forth. Went into uh, remodeling for a larger firm, positioned my business after. Had a really good uh, ethic, just treated customers well, and that's the way I like to do it. Treat people the way you want to be treated, be fair, do a great job. Uh, So I worked for them for a while. Again, things uh, fell apart kind of around early 2000s or so. The company was going a different direction. I just decided to start another company with a friend of mine uh, at the time.
1: (laughs) We'll save that one for another episode. (laughs) Friend at the time. That is not uncommon in the remodeling industry, is it?
2: And you find out very quickly where... Morals, ethics, values, and all that lie, lies. (laughs) Ended that pretty quickly. Uh, I think it was about 18 months or two years that that I was in that partnership and just decided to start M and, you know, give people a great job, great communication, expectations, do things the way I would like them to be done for me personally. And sometimes I might lose projects because of that the way I handle design, estimating, and so forth. But I think it's fair. That's the way I like to be. Give people the opportunity to quilt their jobs out, even if they're designed by someone that I recommend and bring forward.
1: Very cool. Where would you categorize categorize yourself on the scales of generation? Would you categorize yourself as a boomer, an ex-millennial? I am or would you, a boomer. You are a boomer. Okay, that's a that's that's a very important piece of the conversation moving forward part of this show is is identifying that and, and debunking that myth of the we can't find good people opportunity and to Steve's point earlier Mike what are you seeing as industry trends as you work with your subcontractors for them as problems in the talent space right now?
2: Just getting young people involved, just getting them to see that they can they can make a great income, have freedom to walk around, work around, work a number of different p- places. I don't know if that's, that's really conveyed to them how free they are with a job in any one of the trades. It is one of those things and, and one of those reasons why I got into sales as well was because you have that freedom to go around and meet a lot of different people and you know, provide solutions. And one of the things that's lacking from some of the youth today, there's younger folks out there that have great work ethic and great values and so forth. There are a lot that don't have any drive, or at least perception-wise to me, it seems like a drive issue. They're also getting paid for not doing anything as well in in some situations. And it's just one of those things where I don't think enough is done in schools you know, we, we did away with a lot of shop classes and a lot of communities and everything. Getting that interest in, in the, the youth today that to use your hands, make something, be a part of something, work with all, everybody you can imagine, meet different people, provide solutions and be proud of your work because there's not a job that I'm not proud of.
0: Let's talk, let's dive a little bit deeper into the perception on lack of drive we're seeing in the workforce today what are things that employers can do specifically you know in the trades what are things that we can do to help them understand that there's opportunities for them to help improve their drive
2: show them a check i, I just uh i, I can't show me other. the money <laughs> <laughs>
0: well,
2: that, that's about it you know and and here's your free time because i had a, a couple of carpenters a while ago who were uh You know, I said, my, this guy said, my accountant said, I've need to raise my rates. And I said, you work 20 hours a week. Why don't you work more? (laughs) He was in his early thirties and I'm I'm like doing the math and I'm going, buddy, you're at a hundred a year and you have all this freedom. So why do you need to raise your rates? Right. Because you might lose that opportunity to make, you know, that upper level of income. It's very confusing to me because I was brought up a totally different way. You know, I didn't get a trophy. I didn't, I know I couldn't be anything that I wanted. I know there were limitations.
1: Right. Careful, Mike. We're trying not to be a political show in, in, in that space. Oh, so, so be careful, tread lightly, yeah. sir.
2: Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's not political. It's just the way I was brought up. I think it's important, you know, that that work ethic it is important. And it, and it starts not necessarily in the schools or, or anything like that. But I really think it starts at home, it starts with parents, you have to have that drive. And what you're asking about Steve is, is, how do you do it? Boy, I, I just, it's just show me the money. I, I really do think that's part of it, but to, to, to bring them in, uh, into job sites as well. Uh, I would take my, my wife, uh, she just retired and everything, but she was a, uh, special ed teacher's aide. So there were a couple of kids. I, I would go there and you know talk every once in a while tell them how great things are, and uh, just say, you know, there's never any problems, right? Uh, but I would have them come to job sites some weekends to clean up and to do, you know, menial tasks, basically, and I'd pay them $15 an hour, and they'd say, well, it's more money than I ever thought I'd make. I said, such are heights, sites higher. This is just a taste of what you could be as a carpenter's helper, yeah. you know, but you have to pay attention to math, geometry, and the language. hmm it's fun. I, I, I think, you know, I, I see guys, you know, at job sites all the time. It's nobody's ever fighting or anything or complaining. I mean, they complain every once in a while. It's like, it's like any, it's, it's like any family. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, I mean, it really is. There's, everybody works together. They have a common goal in mind and they go and attack it.
0: Now, one, one follow-up question to that is helping them with their drive. One of the things that I have seen that I used to see that I don't see currently is mentorship having somebody that is experienced to bring somebody younger in under their wing. And when I've seen it work, it's always been a two-way street, nothing forced. And I see that gap. I see that gap widening.
1: Yeah. So let me ask you this question, Mike, as well, and kind of bounce that off of Steve, as you work with your subcontractors or even see the the families that you are doing the remodeling for, are you seeing that the, and I don't want to pick on the millennials, but I'm going to. Um, are you seeing that the millennials are more so in it for them and the Z's are in it more for purpose and community and, and they can't get the mentorship because the X's and the boomers, they're not at the sites often enough because they're running the business instead of being on the job sites?
2: Well, I got to tell you, I was enlightened today because there was a uh, millennial at a walkthrough. And very driven, Uh, it was recommended to me by somebody I know. Was he a a roofer? Yes, absolutely. And uh, it was very direct. He read the email I sent and stated to me what he was going to do, when he was going to have it there and would be happy to work with me and looks forward to other opportunities. That's something. Instead of being there, maybe not very well, kept, just saying, hey, man, what's going on? I don't care what the customer, who the customer is, what their age group is, what their background is, profession and so forth. They want respect and they want people to be professional. I don't think professionalism is dead. I'd like to see suits and ties again, but that's probably not going to happen for the Z's. Or was it the extras with what the uh, causes and everything? The, the, I do see a lot of that, you know, of what what's your cause type of scenario. Mm-hmm. Mine is in autism, so it's you, you tell people some of these things, what your interests are, and they they pick up really quick. Customers, I'm talking about now, mm-hmm. but that's I don't know if I answered your question. You know, I, I tend to go everywhere, Steve. But
0: <laughs> no, you're good. The answer's the question. It
1: it is all good. So we'll just. We'll, we'll pick on that roofer that's a mutual acquaintance of ours, um, Now, Yes, he is a driven family business. There's a legacy piece that's there. There's a purpose behind him to be able to have that respect and that understanding and care across his family. That's the family name. The name is in that family business. Do you see, as you are going to your job sites and you're talking with the guys you grew up with in the industry, are you seeing frustration in them in being able to find enough people to keep up with the workload
2: yeah because they are getting totally burnt out anybody who's good just is overloaded and cannot find decent you know health. don't say it <laughs> that, don't that don't much.
1: say we can't find good people because that's bullshit no, no,
2: no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. It, it's also making good people though too right but it, it, it's like my flooring guy he and this is very unusual. He's had the same crew for over 10 or 15 years. That's unusual right? because he treats them well and everything. But he is killing himself. He is working seven days a week, 12 hours a day. And so are his employees. And they're, you know, I said, they're going to get sick of that.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And, you know, that's when the burnout happens and nobody's around. But he tries to get people, even family members, to be part of the business. They think that they don't have to do anything because they are part of that family. So the other employees get a little bit, you know, upset about that and they slack off a little bit. It's kind of poisonous, you know, cancerous, whatever you want to call it. I don't know where that, I know on one of your casts you had, you know, entitlement in there. And I don't know if that's part of it or if that is it. It it gets, pretty weird that, you know, they don't think they need to have to do anything or show up to work on time or stay later. I started selling when I was nine years old.
1: What were you selling, Mike?
2: I was selling reading cars because my dad had passed away very early. Uh, He was 37. I was nine years old. I wanted a gas engine car. I, I had to get the $14 to get the car so I went door to door selling. I, I've done it ever since, you know, raking, mowing lawns, all that. You don't see that anymore either, where kids are willing to come to your house and shovel your snow or rake your grass or, you know, leaves, chestnuts, so forth, mm-hmm. deliver papers. When, when you look at, at at going back and everything, that was a thing I think that should never have been taken away from kids to have that opportunity to go out and sell a newspaper. Or crying out loud, you get all this business experience from delivery, you know, pickup, delivery, collection, paying the bill, getting it to the, you know, Journal Sentinel or Journal. So it's one of those those opportunities aren't there for kids, I think, at this point to move up.
1: Oh, but let's think about that. So the newspaper is dead because of this device right here that we all have in our hands. I, I don't need to sell a newspaper because it's tactile. So here's your, here's your billion, billion dollar idea right here, Mike, to take the Gen X into, and the Gen, Gen Alphas behind them into the next wave of entrepreneurship. What can they go sell door to door today? What is it that you'd want them to say, hey, mister, I have this whatever. Would you like to buy some?
2: I get your point. Is there a need, first of all, when you're selling a TV antenna? You know, I'm not going to do right? it. You know, are you going to make a phone jack that works? Oh, well, okay, if <laughs> You are a boomer.
1: It's okay, I understand.
2: <laughs> utilitarian item that you know they have to prove it, of course, as well. Greeting cards.
1: <laughs> there you go. That could be that could be your billion dollar idea. Bring bring that back. Because right, I-, I don't want to buy. I, personally, I don't want to spend $6 for a Mother's Day card inside Walgreens and go through all of that. Right. Right. If, if you have an opportunity to be able to say, here's the direct sales model and a year's worth of cards at every major holiday for 20 bucks. Perfect. I'm in. I'm in on that. No doubt. There's your idea, Michael. Now, now remember, we talked about when this is going to go live. It's going to be a while. So you got some time to generate and make this business <laughs> model happen for you. Okay.
2: I'm starting to design them right now. <laughs> but, you know, I don't know. I don't even know if Junior Achievement is around anymore. They are. You know, those type of men- mentoring. Yep, they are. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid, I mean, it was pretty heavily promoted. My dad, I remember part of it. He, he would go, you know, he was an IBM guy He in the 60s. And, and he would go, you know, to Junior Achievement. I remember it was on like 13th in Oklahoma or something. You know, He would go talk, mentor, teach, and, you know, get kids involved. He only did that with me once at, at work, <laughs> which I I screwed up the whole Marine Bank data processing system uh, <laughs> payroll. So,
1: you know, and that's kind of where the first robotics program comes into play today from that perspective, right. which uh, both Steve and I have been involved with trying to get the high school students uh, and younger, you know, even from the Lego League standpoint involved in, in that tactile uh, thought process and, and activity. Where I think they get lost is they focus more on the, the design and engineering side more so than the making and creating side of, of that part of, of their opportunity and they're missing the boat a little bit. And locally, I've had many of those conversations here and some of us don't see eye to eye, but I, I still want to promote. I want as many Gen Z kids into this into the industry as possible because ultimately that's the survival for guys like yourselves. To find somebody that is younger, that has more energy, that has, that can climb the ladder, take up the shingles without a problem, or put up the wall much easier without worried about having to go to the hospital because the strength is there. Right. The, their shoulders, they can get their heads above their shoulders. They can do all those things because you haven't swung a hammer for 30 years. Getting Gen Z in is really, really important. How do we get Gen Z involved with M Design and Build?
2: Being part of something. They want to have a cause. Talk about the autism things a lot. And I, th- I think having a real social purpose for them is very important. Think that if they don't have a purpose socially, they have a little bit more hesitation. That gives them more incentive, you know, to say, I'm involved with this. I do, I do this for autism. I do this for muscular dystrophy or, or, or things like that. They, they feel good about it or the ocean. That is really important. I'll tell you, this was not too long ago. A plumber brought in a kid. I shouldn't say kid, a young person. He said, cut me a piece of copper, 28 and three And he stood there and he looked at the master plumber and he said, how many is that? <laughs> And I said, do you not divide? You don't want to embarrass people or knock people down or anything just for not knowing something, because to me, it's not their fault. It's school or something. That's a pretty basic math thing.
1: It comes back to that mem- that mentorship, that teaching, that education, that support, having that site buddy, so to speak, that's going to watch out for you to be able to create that knowledge transfer.
2: Right. I- I'm all for programs. My wife could not find anybody but me and a plumber to come in and talk to, talk to these kids. There's plenty. I mean, my, my daughter, I've been trying to get her into wealth forever because I said, you're artistic and you can do this and make a ton of money, but yet also transfer it to your art right. and have fun and make some money. And you're a woman, you have an edge.
1: So you're, so you're buying a quarter sheet, pla- CNC plasma
0: machine, Mike, aren't you?
2: Well, I'm just about to a bandsaw for the other day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's awesome. Well, that's very cool. Well, Mike, we want to thank you for you know, joining our show today, having the discussion on some industry trends, your thoughts and your insights um, around the construction and trade industry. How can people find you, connect with you, and
2: work with you in the future? Well, the website, www.m-designbuild.com. That are on Facebook. There's a Facebook page as well, or feel free to call anytime 414-332-1900 or info at m-designbuild.com.
0: All right. Well, thank you very much, Mike. We definitely appreciated having you here on the show today, and we look forward to hearing from you in the future.
2: I appreciate the opportunity and
0: the
1: invite I, I appreciate you getting outside your comfort zone Mike as well so thank you for uh, thank you for coming on today It was really great to have a, a live boomer on our show right something different than just us <laughs> <No>. talking uh, <laughs> back and forth to get some insights what was your biggest takeaway from from Mike's insights
0: so one of the biggest takeaways I had was on the discussion of drive from the you know the perception of lack of drive okay Specifically from the boomer perspective going to, you know, the the Gen Z in that they see that there's a gap with their drive and, and willingness to want to do some of the trade work. And also the, the conception of show them a paycheck. They don't have the drive, can't earn a paycheck. So that was really, you know, that was really interesting from that conversation, just to hear that perspective.
1: Mine was the freedom. He mentioned the freedom to be able to go and have those things. And he didn't talk about it by going out and getting the paycheck and having the freedom to work those hours to earn the money provides dollars now provide you freedom to do other things that you wouldn't have had the opportunity to do otherwise, uh, if you were still pursuing a four-year education type scenario. So that to me was very interesting. Anybody wants to get a hold of Mike, he's left his information. He's an awesome guy. Full disclosure. He is a client of mine. He's been doing some really awesome things. The autism piece is something that's very passionate about. And like he said, the purpose piece, that's his purpose. That's one of his deals. Uh, and as a boomer, that's very exciting to have him have that purpose and drive and make it public because many don't make it public. Yep. So um, Steve, thank you so much for today's show and getting involved and helping uh, us draw some great insights out of Mike from M design and build.
0: Oh, it's fantastic. Well, thanks for having him on the show. No problem.
1: Uh, Until we record again. Thank you for listening to blue collar BS brought to you by vision Forward business solutions and professional business coaching. Inc. If you'd like to learn more on today's topic, just reach out to Steve Doyle or myself, Brad Herda. Please like share rate and review this show as feedback is the only way we can get better. Let's keep blue collar businesses strong for generations to come.